Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Dunk You Very Much, Central Taipei's number one MBA English language podcast. Your host, Sam Yarvis, with me as always, my co-host, Matthew Von Ryan. Man, uh, Alonzo Ball, shout out to him, the youngest NBA player to ever score a triple-double. He barely got there, it was like 19, 11, and 13, and it's, it's great to see that happen. You know, this week there's uh, another Ball family member uh, in the news. The, what's the second one? Leangelo. Uh, I think Lamiddle. He, uh, he actually got arrested in China, and uh, it's not looking good. UCLA team flew home. He is still there under house arrest. For the next couple of weeks and uh you know like it's easy to kind of pile on the family but you know we're going to keep it positive we're going to point out a couple of good things that the low middle has done so far he's leading the nca in steals <laughs> <laughs> free leangelo free leangelo china leading, come on leading the, the nca in steals but unfortunately he's also leading the league in travel violations <laughs> but if he does if he does get arrested and He's facing up to 10 years, and China doesn't play around. If he does end up doing jail, you know, the best place to learn the local language is in prison, and it's great for him because he's going to go undrafted no matter what, and he'll probably end up playing in China, so it's <laughs> yeah, the perfect way to learn the language. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, start to learn the language. Yeah, I think he could be the translator when his uh, younger brother ends up coming over there. <laughs> I don't know if Leandro is actually good enough for the Chinese league. We'll see about that. Um, the prison league, maybe. The prison league, yeah, he's going to get a lot of experience there in the prison league. Yeah, man, the ball balls balls all over the news today. Yeah, Leangelo, I like Lamiddle. That's a good one. Um, all right, we're coming at you today with the pod. This is an NBA catch-up pod. We're going to hit some of the top stories, bounce around the league real quick, look at the top stories, top-of-the-line issues. And towards the end, we're going to get into a little bit of our early bet recaps. Before the season, Matt and I sat down and we placed a load of futures bets. We looked at teams' wins totals, over-unders, playoff odds, different things like that, as well as a wins pool uh, that we made together. Uh, so many bets. So, so many hard bets. To keep track yeah, go back to keep track. So we want to just do a little like update status pod. We're not going to go over all those bets. That would be uh, that would be hours and hours. But we're definitely going to look at some of the things, some bets that might already be over with and some bets that are still looking good so uh, there's, there's a healthy mix of both there's a healthy mix of both burn a couple of our betting tickets on those yeah for sure yeah a few of those can a few of those can already be taken care of for sure so uh with that uh so that's what we get into uh on today's pod so um uh, so matt this weekend you've been watching uh, a lot of games what's been standing out to you was it what's what some of the storylines the things that have been uh, sticking out to you this, this season I mean, who's good? We know who the, the great teams are, the Warriors and maybe the Celtics, but who's really good? You, you run up and down the standings, it seems like everyone's 7-5 or 5-7. and seven. And no hyperbole, 75% of the teams are in that range. I think there's only four teams that I would write off. I, or ready to, ready yeah. to write some teams off? Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's send some teams off. Yeah. Let's see if you agree with these. I'm saying impossible, their season is over. Yeah. Okay? Got the Kings. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, done. Kings are done. Yeah. No, no way. I to be fair, I would have said that a month ago, but yes, <laughs> Kings are done. Yeah, they have now proven that they are done. So yeah. no trade possibilities. No. No, no, no room for growth. No reason to be good. No reason to get better. No reason to do anything but to play those young kids and get them more reps and and hopefully land a, a lottery pick. Which is interesting because they signed a couple of veterans, Vince Carter. Yeah. Uh, uh, and Zach Randolph. You George kind of Hill, thought we're yeah. gonna yeah George Hill. That's a great one. I mean he's. 
he's still like a, what people thought was a starting point guard or above average starting point guard. And that might be a good little segue. Is he still a viable starting point guard? He has, he's proving not. He has not looked good. And then you look at on the other hand, the, you know the guy who um, who replaced him in in, in Utah, um, Ricky Rubio, having a very good season so far for a struggling Jazz offense, but still has looked has looked very good this year. All right, so fuck the Kings, they're out. Yeah, now Kings we love them. Better luck next year. Uh, I the, don't love the Kings. <laughs> the Bulls. The Bulls, yeah, out. Yeah, I done, think it's a done. team that's like just not afraid to admit they are tanking. Yeah, they're the tanking. So if you if how would you have played if you were in the Bulls front office? You got Bobby Portis <laughs> goes in, he breaks uh, Miritich's face. Yeah, and uh, so you kind of have to choose a side right there. It seems like those two players. You see Bobby Portis's. Non-apology, apology to uh, the media. Yeah. That was amazing. Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently the the locker room is with Portis. Yeah, but it's not that really important. I think neither of these players are gonna be great, and I think the locker room, like, who gives a fuck what Justin Holiday has to think about things? Yeah, like, yeah. Justin, what do you think? Yeah. So I mean, it just sort of like who's gonna be a good fit? Who's gonna like? Who's gonna be a part of the future? And I don't think either of these players are that great to build around. So. You know, yeah. I think if you have to choose one, I mean, it seems like the right thing to do would be to choose Miritich. Just, you just, just resigned him, yeah. and he's the guy who sort of suffered from this. You're kind of avoiding a lawsuit, too. Like, you know, there, there mm. could be potential collusion claims if you, you trade him away or something. And like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I agree with your assessment that these, these players are probably yeah, both not really important to the, the future of any really viable NBA contender. <laughs> so probably yeah, as, as much as you as much time as we want to give them. So, the, yeah, the Kings and the Bulls, I'm with you so far. Two for two. Those teams are done. The Hawks. The Hawks, I mean, in the Eastern Conference, can we? it's tough to write off any team. The Hawks are going to be well coached. They're going to be in. The Hawks are going to be in a lot of games. Uh, I think that they're. Def- I would definitely say that they're not going to make the playoffs. I don't know if they're a full write-off yet in the East. Yeah, I mean, I should mention the that the the Kings are three and nine, the Bulls are two and nine, and ATL has the worst record in the NBA at two and eleven. Yeah. But they are close in the games, and they are playing their their good players. They're not they're not resting Bazemore and some of the older guys. Right. And that's the promise that you name their good players that they're not resting. It's like, oh, oh, geez, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, they're probably safe to write off the Hawks. I mean, but they're gonna be they're gonna be well coached. They're gonna be scrappy. They're gonna do you know Budenholzer type things. They're gonna play. You know, they're gonna be in some games. But yeah, I, I would say we can safely we can write them off. Yeah. All right, the next one. This one's hard because they do seem to be trying and they do have a lot of talent. It's the Dallas Mavericks. They are also two and eleven, tied with Atlanta with the worst record in the NBA. Yeah. Two and eleven in the West. Like, is there any chance they can make the eighth seed? Is there? I think they're safe right off, man. Um, um, they've been trying Dirk at the five with these weird. What is going on with the Noel situation? That is one of the, like, why, how come everyone who get been drafted by Philly just has the weirdest careers? Just the weirdest, like, just weird, like you know, like rejecting a seventy million dollar offer, taking the qualifying deal. And now being like treated like a player who can barely, you know, barely get off off the bench, you know, at the time. Today he didn't play. They, they played the Cavs, and uh, he did not get off the bench. Afterwards, when Carlisle was asked, he said uh, he doesn't deserve the minutes. And Majiri has been practicing hard, and he deserved the minutes. And also, yeah. the numbers back it up. When Noel's on the court, they are minus twenty per hundred possessions. That's not good. That's not good from your defensive anchor. <laughs> that's not a that's not a nice uh, that's not a nice just getting outscored. Yeah, he's I think uh 
I think his next contract is going to be smaller than his qualifying offer. Yeah, that 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 seventy million is not coming back. That's no not boomerang, and that'll be looked at as probably one of the worst financial decisions a player has made in this generation. Yeah, I would guess that next year he does a one-year deal. I think he and now his new management, Clutch Sports, I believe that they still think there's a, a big contract out there. You know, people love young big guys. Mm-hmm. I think next year he does like a one-year, $3 million contract yeah. with some team, betting on himself again. I mean, he has what to at this think? point. you got to double down on yourself. you gotta, like, yeah, you got you to continue to continue to double down to try to see if you can get some, some kind of value. You don't want to sign a long-term, low, lower deal. If you were him, and you made a couple million dollars, but I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Taxes, management fees, like the money is not like life change. I mean, it's life changing, but it, you're not set for life, right? right. With the money he's made so far, right. what would you do if there was a one one year five million dollar contract, or maybe like a four year sixteen million dollar contract out there? And so far in the NBA, you you haven't proven yourself. What would you do? Uh, I, I that's a that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. It'd be tough to swallow that four year sixteen. I've been turned down the four year seventy. I'd be I'd be tempted to double down and, and roll the dice on myself again. I think so. What's that sixteen million dollar deal mean? I mean, I sign a one year three million. I've got to make up thirteen million over the next three years. I would hope that there'd be another a three for thirteen or a three for ten out there, even if I didn't have a good season. But I wouldn't know. Like uh, I mean, that's one of the things day to day. What's going on in his head? What's going on when he's not playing? Uh, he's he's not getting off the bench. You know what 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 is he? Obviously, very got to be very disappointed. Um, Probably with you know with his, the contract situation, he's obviously uh, upset about that. How is that affecting his his mentality when it comes to practice? And it sounds like not very well. I mean, Carlisle like, like not good. Yeah, didn't really mince his words. He said he doesn't deserve the minutes. Doesn't deserve to play for yeah. two and eleven. For Dallas a two and eleven Dallas team that is currently trotting out Dirk at the five. Uh, you know, I mean. Is there less rim protection offered in the league than Dirk at the five? I love me some Dirk, but yeah, that is rough, man. That is rough. So, so yeah. th- those are four write-offs. I'll pitch you a couple of other ones, see if any of these. I think that these ones are not write-offs, but you tell me if you disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlotte's five and seven. Brooklyn's five and eight. LA's five and eight, and Phoenix is five and nine. Do do you see any of these teams having zero chance? Possible to make the playoffs? None of the Eastern Conference teams, because I feel that uh, <laughs> I feel that the Eastern Conference, like like we've talked about this, there's gonna be um, there's gonna be at least one and possibly two. Just what the hell? How the hell did they make the playoffs team? And I think that's still gonna be the case. Um, and uh, so I can't write off any Eastern Conference team. Uh, the Western Conference is much more brutal. Um, you know, if you if you chop it off at the Lakers, there's 11 teams above the Lakers. Uh, that you would figure there's eight spots. You got to figure you like those eleven teams odds way more. Um, however, you know, like you, the, you, you got maybe some Lonzo Ball growth potential. Kuzma making a rookie of the year push. The Lakers have like that it. Yeah, they have got like, something, and it, I mean, and and they can get hot and uh, some magic. So the, the team that you mentioned that you listed that I would be willing to uh, to write off there would be the the Suns. I don't mm. see it. I don't see it happening for the Suns. Um, uh, you know, I I don't like their young bigs, the Bender and, and Chris. I don't like the way those guys play. I don't How about see their them. old bigs? Yeah, they're Chandler, old, Chandler and, and Greg Monroe. Uh, you know, like yeah, Greg Monroe. Some people are talking about hey, Greg Monroe is going to go there and do Greg Monroe stuff and and, and do things, and it's it's kind of be like, well, 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 why 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 is adding Monroe? Why are they going to let him do? Why are they going to let him carry the team when they had a guy before Bledsoe who was capable of you know of maybe carrying the team to more wins than they wanted? Why are they going to all of a sudden let Monroe? Now you have a new guy who's capable of carrying the team to maybe a few more wins than you actually want to have. 
and he has the benefit of blocking your young bigs. Yeah. It's just, uh, uh, I get that there was no... What is your reaction to the, to the Bledsoe trade? Yeah, we talk about I, the I was just going to ask you the same thing. No. Yeah. Uh, the pick they got was really interestingly protected. Mm. This year they only get it if it's between 11 and 16, so Milwaukee would have to miss the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, which I don't, I don't think that's, that's likely to happen. And then next year they would have to, about the same. And then it's it just a, a really, like, really interesting protection year by year. So they're probably not going to get this pick till. 2020 when it's unprotected when it's completely unprotected right and which could be a good asset you have no idea what that team's going no play. idea no idea Giannis that could be, be that could be a Giannis super team that's a number one scene that's not a very good pick or it could be a really really sad Milwaukee <laughs> team without Giannis with uh you know uh, a hobbled uh, Jabari Parker as the number one option who knows what that team could look like so yeah yeah that's one all- of the most interesting and volatile situations yeah they also got a second round pick, and I think to me it's just what can they get for Monroe? Is there a market for him? Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's been playing better uh, the last part of the last year, and then to start the season, mm-hmm. could they get another second round pick for him, or could Flipping they for a bit, yeah. could they attach him and a young guy for a different young guy they like a little more, mm-hmm. something like that? I think that's sort of to be determined because I don't really think Bledsoe is that great of a player. I think yeah. it was a good deal for Milwaukee, but I don't think Phoenix was giving up that much. Well, what says you? Yeah, I think uh, I think I think it was interesting. More than just the trade itself, kind of the reaction that I I heard to the trade. I heard a lot of this. I heard. I, does this mirror or echo what you've heard when you were reading or, or listening to people talking about this trade? It was like, well, you know, Phoenix was 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 dumb for getting themselves in this situation in the first place for tanking his value. <laughs> yep. But given how bad they tanked his value, they actually got a pretty decent return for him. Yeah. This is what I kept hearing. That drives me fucking crazy. That drives me insane. That's like, you know what a Golden Corral is? You yeah. know, that was about the Golden Corral. That's like being like, well, you know, like, well, you know, they chose to go to Golden Corral, but like, actually, they got a pretty good deal from that buffet. You know, they got a few chicken tenders. They got a nice little side set. Like, you fucking drove to Golden Corral. It's still like, you, the, the whole uh, excuse, just because at the very end, you didn't do as terribly as you could have, you still fucking submarine this guy's trade value. What a comparison. You still <laughs> America's shittiest buffet restaurant. Yeah, I think... amazing you get all you can eat I think like Ryan McDonough is the golden corral of GMs. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he might also own it. Isn't that like how he got onto the team, how he built his fortune? <laughs> they took that three-headed monster of point guards. And I know I talked about this on an earlier podcast, but it bears repeating. It bears repeating. The, 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 of the three guys, two of the point guards demanded their way out of town. The one point guard who didn't demand to be traded, they traded anyway, who was on the cheapest and most reliable Isaiah deal. Thomas. And Isaiah Thomas then went on to have, you know, one of the most fantastic scoring offensive seasons in the history of the league. Um, it's just it's, it's amazing how they how badly they botched that situation. But the most egregious is they got they still have one point guard who they gave up a Lakers pick for. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's the worst deal out of all because Gordon Dragic, they got two first-rounders back. Yeah. What did they get from Boston? A second-rounder or something like that? They, yeah. they, they got a little bit. They didn't get enough, obviously. Dragic is probably maybe fair. Bledsoe is maybe fair. Fair, sorry. But uh, the worst thing is they gave up their most valuable asset, the Lakers pick for Brandon Knight. Brandon. Who, uh, 
nice. has yet to play any games this year because he injured himself. Was it doing dancing or video games? Some, something very ridiculous. At the hair salon. Non-basketball. Yes, a lot of, a lot of those Phoenix guards spend a lot of time in the hair salon. I don't know. He was cutting um, uh, Bledsoe's wife's hair and just cut off a finger or something. I don't know. And we, I didn't like, and you, and you look at their young guys, and, and, and obviously the jury's still out, on, and then he's incredibly, Chris and Bender are both incredibly young, but I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. That doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. I'm not a scout. That doesn't mean that these guys are going to bomb, but like, there are young guys. You look around the league, and you see these young guys getting it done in certain situations, and then and you see other guys who just who haven't risen to that level, who haven't got it done, and they're not getting it done. And uh, they, they remind they're like the Cleveland Browns of uh, of of the NBA. You know, these young missing on other young guys, taking the wrong young kids, and you know. But just always having high picks, so your, yeah. your fan base is always like slightly intrigued. Cause every <laughs> yeah. Year, hey, we got another top five pick. What do you know? Yeah, and I mean, and this is a team that it's weird. Like they've been weirdly in the conversations for big free agents. You know, there was some Kyrie buzz. I don't know how Aldridge. realistic that ever was. Aldridge, you know, took the meeting. Other guys, you know, famously like you know had them not on their short list, but like they were willing to take the meeting with them. And yeah. Yeah, they were even mentioned uh, when LeBron left. Miami. Yeah. I, again, they're probably like the first one to be crossed off the list, but they were on the list. Which they were on the list, yeah. I think it's a nice place to live. It's close to LA. Yeah, yeah, nice, yeah, good weather, dry heat. <laughs> Players like that dry heat. Yeah, I like Pl- dry heat. Plenty of hair salons, so yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah. But uh, something you were, you're touching on that I kind of want to talk about now is, you know, there's sometimes there's a narrative of like, these people are young, they're rookies, like, well, yeah. And then you get a rookie class like this year. Holy fuck, it's so much fun to watch. So much fun, all across the league. Not even just the rookies, but the players on rookie contracts, throwing Porzingis, throwing Jalen Brown. Holy fuck, these 21 and under players are so much fun to watch. Yeah. then the whole, uh, well, Dragon Bender's only 19 or 20. It's like, well, well yeah. <laughs> so is Lo- so is Tatum. <laughs> yeah, and, and, <laughs> so Jr. Tatum. and all yeah. these guys who are just, just killing it. Man, Tatum. Yeah. I watched the end of the, the game. The last game when uh, Kyrie got the concussion in the first quarter, mm-hmm. went out, uh, and Tatum just just yeah. and Horford's out yeah. too. Yeah. But, uh, Kyrie got the concussion in the uh, yeah. in the first quarter, and so this, so yeah, no Horford, no Kyrie, no Hayward, and this team just gutted it out. Shane Larkin, I think, went for like nineteen points, which is not a, a yeah. long term answer, but it's kind of cool. But Tatum just on the drives, like he just has like that. Yeah. Kind of like Kobe mentality of like, I'm just going to score and you're not going to stop me. He's such a smooth scorer. He's so, yeah, he's so, uh, he's so possessed. And I love watching when him and, and Jalen are both out there. You got these these tall, long, rangy bigs. I mean, Tatum's got that offensive game. Jalen's got that energy out there. I love having them both on the court at the same time. I love it when Rogier comes in. He's got that long wingspan, too. I mean, the, he's good. He's all legit. Rogier is really good. He was a guy that, I, I mean, the, the, I mean, shout out to the, the you know, the, the Boston media was always behind him, the local people there, really, really liked him. I didn't really see it, you know, I, I, I living over here, I hadn't been following and watching as many games. And his minutes were defend. so limited, and his being minutes behind were, I mean, yeah, Thomas Bradley Smart. Yeah, Thomas Bradley Smart, that Trambra, and, uh, and yeah, 11 in a row for the Celtics, 11 game win streak, I mean, yeah, just uh, absolutely crazy. Still, I mean, it's, it's November, but I mean, still, 11 games, 11 games, that's a hell of a streak. Exactly, yeah, and you know, <laughs> during the, the summer, Sam was uh, really excited about the Celtics, he p- pitched me the potential starting lineup, we got Hayward, Horford, uh, Kyrie, Tatum, and Brown, I was like, Tatum and Brown, like, that's a rookie and a, you know, yeah, a second year yeah, player, yeah. like, I mean, that's the lineup of the future, but I, I thought they were trying to compete for the title this year, like, yeah. who, you know, you gotta have Baines in there, you gotta have Morris, you gotta, like, yeah. smart, like, bring the other guys off the bench, but... 
holy shit, was I wrong? Like these two guys, they are. They're well, that was my time players. And, uh, uh, let, me, let me make clear, I didn't. I didn't see that one coming. That was my rosy, like maybe by the end of the year, this is a crunch time lineup because Tatum gets mm. it done. I did not think that in November that would be our starting lineup. You know, and uh, obviously yeah. missing a few, missing three of those guys out and out with injuries. Um, hopefully, Horford and Kyrie. Uh, speedy recoveries for them, and uh, and you know uh, Hayward's putting up some putting up some jump shots in the, in the, in the gym. Man, speaking of uh, uh, young guys on the rookie contract, man, I gotta say my favorite player to watch this year. I, I watch every second half of every Knicks game. They are so much fun to oh, watch. Yeah. Their home crowd is so good. Yeah, I was watching the Houston game. The Houston. Cleveland game. No, I couldn't believe like Houston can't even sell that game out, and the crowd it's is insane. so boring. It's Eric insane. Gordon hits a three. Yeah, <laughs> you look at all the, like the sea of red in the audience. You're like, oh wow, they everyone wearing like the home. Oh no, those are those are the empty seats. Empty those seats. are the empty seats. That's yeah. brutal. But MSG just goes crazy, and mm-hmm. Porzingis is just so good on both ends of the floor, especially the highlight stuff. You know, yeah. like he's he's averaging thirty a game right now, but just. The highlight blocks, the the clutch threes, so much fun to watch. So much fun to watch. Watching the young man like just really come into his own, like proving it as a player. I mean, the, the Knicks are seven and five right now, seven and three over their last ten. Um, and at home, talk about the uh, Madison Square Garden effect. Six and two at home, one and three on the road. Mm. Obviously, uh, Zinger feeding off that the energy from the home crowd. So much fun to watch. He, <laughs> I think, uh, on Wednesday. I can't remember who they were playing. Maybe the Pacers. Uh, Porzingis hit a just a clutch three with like 20 seconds left, and Kyle Quinn did this like crazy high step. Just leaned his whole body back, just screaming la- mouth wide open, and just lifting his legs like like he's trying to like step over a table or something. <laughs> just a high step like I've never seen. Just crazy off the bench. Just everyone so happy for him. So much fun. And, you know, people, like, I think, pile on Phil Jackson, but I think there's just Carmelo out of there was what really yeah. turned this around. People are having fun. Carmelo out of there combined with Porzingis taking it to the, the next level. Like, on like right on schedule, if not ahead of schedule. Like, if this is going to be one of the transcendent players in the NBA, this is what you do in this year, you know, while you're yeah. on this rookie, at the end, tail end of your rookie deal. You really, you seen him really put it together, the, the pieces, and uh, and obviously a lot of the, like credit to the young man for the off season work he put in. You know, people were rip, ripping on him for some of those workout videos where he's, they show him doing like the bent the bent over rows. He's lifting weights and the, you know the the circles on the end. Those dumbbells didn't look that big. You're looking look pretty tiny. Big. You're looking pretty tiny, but you know the young man is put well, in. They use the metric the system. So yeah, exactly. Somehow it works out. I don't know how the equation works. Everyone but... else uses those CrossFit plates anyway. It's like a five pound, but it looks like a 45 pounder, you know, with like, like pink, the big, pink circle, stuff At like that. At least he's using metal ones, not the CrossFit exactly. plastic Yeah, ones. not the plastic ones. Yeah, he's like slamming it down. So, yeah. Shout out to our CrossFit listeners. Yeah. Please, we mean no harm. Yeah, please don't, 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 yeah, don't burpee us, whatever the fuck that means. Um, yeah. well, but what about you? Like, just like, who's like the team or the player that you love to watch? Well, I mean, huge caveat outside of uh, outside of my Celtics. So sure. That would have been the team. Um, uh, the team for me has been, uh, from the start of the year, was the Nuggets, and that was very disappointing to, to start the year. Uh, but recently they've turned it around, and they're in their last 10. The Nuggets are 7-3 and three after having started a, a, you know quite rough, um, uh, below 500 for the first. Yeah, the first third in the years. West, right? Third in the West, tied with the, uh, tied with the Spurs for third in the West, and uh, won three in a row. 
And I just love watching that team. I love, uh, um, I think that's a team with a move to make. I think it's a team with an obvious move to make. Fareed has been really good this year mm. in, in spots. And I don't know if he necessarily, he's a great spark off the bench, but they have so many in that mold of those kind of like... Um, athletic the, fours? Those athletic guys, and especially when the... Um, when the uh, I'm gonna massacre his name, the young man, Herman Gomez. Herman, uh, perfect. Yeah, when he, when he, when he's, if he starts to step up a little bit, there might be less of a need for Farid up the bit. That's a guy who could help uh, a, a contender. Farid is is in 2017 is a four. He's not even a small ball four. He's just a four. Yeah. And uh, and he's a monster. He's a he's a he's a rebounding machine. He's an energy machine. Uh, and uh, I think that he's a guy who could help the team. And if they could flip him for some kind of backcourt help, I think that that would be, um, you know, the team. The Nuggets are to me still a point guard away from from being, you know, long term threats in the West. But uh, but the rest of the stuff is there. I really enjoy watching that team. I love everything. I love the colors, the mile high, the whole just the 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 whole mile high thing with people coming in and getting gassed right there. So yeah, man, I always feel like that team never took advantage. Like George Carl, you were in a pretty like up-tempo offense but like you gotta get like chip kelly in there like yeah, yeah. you just gotta get a guy who more like, trick plays yeah more exactly trick yeah. plays, but just like someone who's just like like who's the track coach for like the u.s men's 100 team like get yeah. him teach him the basic rules of basketball or at least like train all the players like yeah. I, I would just use it like just non-stop traded everything for john wall and just, yeah. just every player just runs you get four track stars and then one like tall former college quarterback yeah, and the quarterback go. rebounds and just throws a spiral, and the track it. stars just sprint the whole way down the court. Yeah, if Vivek on this team, that's oh, what they would man. do. That's what they would do. They would do that. If Vivek on this team, he'd he was get on like, my underrated list. Underrated, coach. <laughs> underrated, <laughs> owner. underrated owner for the team. Yeah, so that's one one I really enjoyed watching. I mean, uh, it's kind of a cop out to say the whole league, but uh, in the in the East, real quick, seventy sixers and the Bucks have been really really fun to watch. Really enjoyed watching all the games for you know Giannis, the tear that he was on in the early season, and still. Uh, uh, the 76ers just watching Ben Simmons get it done and and, uh, and TJ McConnell hustle himself into a above replacement level NBA player is yeah. cool to watch. Um, one team that's really really good that I don't enjoy watching is the Rockets. Uh, really? I mean they bought. I, you talk about maybe it's just something about their their home court and the and the kind of muted reaction mm. at home that they play. They're ten and three. They were seven and three over the last ten. They won five in a row. They are bombing three pointers. They are averaging. Um, uh, 15.2 made three-pointers per game. Over the last three games, that's up to 18 made three-pointers per game. That's absolutely insane, the rate that they're shooting at. Uh, yeah, to tease our next podcast, they'll be coming up next, is the stats that stand out. I do have about three different Rocket stats all <laughs> in one, in one uh, little topic. Yeah, they're, they're interesting because they're almost like a, a like you're, you're playing a, a game with a friend, and they're just exploiting one one thing. Yeah. Oh, it's like the Madden game where like and you haven't figured out how to stop the sweep, and they're just doing the sweep again. Yeah. yeah. Or I remember Street Fighter when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. When I was really, we were all bad at video games, like five or six. But I remember just playing as my brother, and there's the one guy with the long arms. <laughs> I could just never get to him. He would just push B, and I would just get long arm the whole just time. Just get long arm. Whatever that dude's name is, or like. You're it's playing a poker. Dalsim for our Street Fighter fans. Yeah. You're playing poker with your friends. You're just having a social time, and one dude just going all in every time. It's like maybe your strategy is exploitable, but it's like you're also just sort of ruining the game a little bit, like yeah, yeah. Or, or what we expect to be the game. The, the, 
No, the Rockets don't owe anyone anything. Nope, they but don't owe anyone anything, yeah. We do expect to see a little bit more from a game, not yeah. just chucking it up. And uh, yeah. I'll save the stats for our next podcast, but holy shit, I got some stats. They on, are chucking, they are chucking, yeah. Oh, it's been a great start. Uh, I mean, the NBA season, it, like you said, it's, what makes it awesome is that the start has been amazing, uh, but there hasn't been a ton of situation, a ton of separation yet. Uh, basically, the teams that we, some of the teams that we knew were going to be really bad have been bad. And, uh, and I guess I agree with you on the four cross-offs, and I'd potentially add in maybe the Suns as another cross-off. But um, probably it's safer to see TBD on them. Uh, and when everyone else is still in the fight, everyone else can still mix it up, even the, even the Lakers and uh, even the Brooklyn, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, so let's, talk, let's turn to some of our, our, our preseason uh, bets, kind of the preseason bets that we looked at and things we were thinking about for this year. Uh, we just want to. We don't want to go and break down everything because we had a ton of bets, a ton of different things going on the line. Futures, over unders. But there are a few pools. cool things uh, that I'd like to. We'd like to recap. So if anyone wants to go back and uh, and check out any of those earlier podcasts, or jump in and play along because the season is still young, it's not too late to jump in and, and get in on any of these games or any of the bets that we've did. Yeah. So basically, we went up and down the futures on uh, Bavada, and then I think MyBookie.ag. Uh, possible future sponsor, type in code uh, Sam and Matt. You might save money, I'm not really sure. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's worth a shot. You know, it's not going to cost you money. Yeah, it's not going to lose you. Right? And uh, yeah, we found a, a bunch of different future bets that were really cool. And just so many different categories. I even bet on something about uh, two teams, a, a bet that two teams will win by more than 69 points this season. That was a 66 to 1 odd shot. 66 to 1, yeah. They were just a bunch of wonky bets. But uh, Sam, like looking through yours, uh, what bets are like you still on for, or what bets are you off? Like, I think that the uh, a few bets. Uh, should we start with the ones that are probably uh, probably just totally off, probably totally gonna be a miss? Sure. I think uh, we made a total of thirteen future bets each. My um, Malik Monk rookie of the year at thirty three to one. That's uh, that one's looking pretty tough. My uh, Dennis Smith at a measly three point seven to one. Uh, mm-hmm. Not good odds. I said at the time, but I still liked it. It, it's Ben Simmons. It's, it's Ben Simmons. Him. There's it, barring, no one. There's no Lonzo. There's nothing. Barring injury. Barring injury. Which, again, we, the whole every time we do in these bet things, we, we've always talked about we're not going to put ourselves in the position of rooting for injury. Um, it, it, does Tatum have any chance? Is there any Tatum? Ooh, that, that's interesting. But if, yeah, they, if, they, if they lock injury. down the number one uh, seed in the East, you know, if they lock it down. Simmons it, has put up numbers. I know, too. that's the thing. He's got multiple I think he's about doubles. 19 points a game. And just the eye test. You know, Tatum does he looks amazing for a 19-year-old. Ben Simmons looks just amazing. He's the face of the franchise. He's, he's, the fa- he's one of the faces of the league, I would say. And I, mean, he and is I would like, say he passed Okafor, too. That's a, a controversial stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jaleel, he's kind of vegan, you know? He's the best vegan player in the league. Um, yeah, I'd say, I would say my, um, my my Malik Monk 33-1 Rookie of the Year long shot uh, is, is down. Uh, Thibodeau at 20-1 Coach of the Year. Even though the, <laughs> even though the Wolves are, are, are doing all right, they're in line. I, my prediction was kind of the narrative thing, whereas if the Wolves really make... You know, the, the over-unders had them making an 18-point jump. If that team really makes an 18-point jump and plays good defense, then Thibodeau is going to be the media darling. They're winning some games. They are playing horrible defense, and everyone's just confused about Thibodeau. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, so I mean... 20-1 coach of the year, Thibodeau. That one's, that one's done. Yeah, so basically, you know, we took a lot of bets. We tried to make the, the greatest uh, logic behind them. We're giving you the ones that we missed on. We, we still got a few... 
coming up that uh, what about could, you? could possibly like pay out some bigger odds. Which one but, do you uh, think you missed on? Which ones do you think you, you might have totally whipped? But uh, just, you know, the, the typical one, the reasoning behind it made so much sense. Like, yeah. th- that's the kind of bet you want to make. Dennis Smith Jr., I was like, this guy's good. I'll bet on him. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. But I, I like the logic behind the typical one. Uh, besides uh, Rookie of the Year, two other ones that I think I might have even convinced you to come along with. Damian Lillard, the points per game leader, sixteen to one, mm-hmm. and Durant uh, at seven to one. They are both actually, ironically, averaging twenty five point two points a game. But this league is just stacked with scores. There's three players averaging over thirty. Lillard and Durant are tied for ninth in the league. I, I just, I don't see either of those players getting a jump. I think the yeah. kind of rotation has kind of figured itself out. You know, mm. like I think. This is just where they're going to stay at. Yeah, I, I think these are two bets that I'm writing off because I don't think I can see little. I, I think KD, yeah, in in that offense, and I think KD's going to have too many fourth quarters he doesn't play when they're just kicking ass. But uh, Lillard, maybe I can see making a move. But I, I, I get I get what you're coming from there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if McCollum goes out, something has to happen to the rotation, barring yeah. injury. Yeah. Barring if injury. there's injury to McCollum, then for sure he's going to take a lot more shots. Makes forty percent of them. Yeah. Go. It's interesting. Before the season, kind of our rationale again. The logic sounded good for picking Lillard for uh, for points per game. Was that in the year past there was a, a couple guys who were over thirty points per game. That this was going to be the year that there was no thirty point per game score. <laughs> that nobody was scoring thirty points a game. And so if Lillard just stayed pat at around twenty eight, twenty nine, where he's been the last several years, then he would just rise almost by default, be the last man standing up there. Instead, people are going off night in and night out. Jesus. Maybe, uh, I mean, who could have seen the rise in three-point shots coming? That, no one could have predicted that, for sure. Yeah, So, um, yeah, we can't blame us there. Uh, the rest of your bets, in, in my opinion, I don't think you have any that are, that are, that are write-offs, any others that are right, total write-offs. I think, uh, I think you're still on for a few. The biggest one, my juiciest one, is Houston to win the title at 28-1. to 28-1. to one. And I realize they're going to lose to Golden State, but they could be the the second best team. Like they have the second best, or sorry, the third best record behind the the Warriors and the Celtics. But yeah. uh, you know they could get to the finals, and then if you got one team at twenty eight to one, it's a pretty easy hedge. I think so. Yeah, twenty. I mean the yeah Houston is going to be the team that has the highest variance in the play, when they're shooting that many three pointers. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of a silly argument because you've you've seen this argument made several times in the past about Houston and then seen them be completely underwhelming in the playoffs. But this is a team that if just gets hot and gets unconscious, they can rip off four games before the other team can can figure out how to counter that. They've got so many guys who are so hot who are such great shooters that um uh, I mean it's uh it comes down to you know live by the three die by the three but they can live and and thrive by the three so yeah your Houston one definitely definitely a good bet and if, and if you're in a real gambler yeah being able to hedge like that would be would be very good yeah any of the other bets that you like or, uh any well, of the other, your futures that you like pitch me one of yours I, I really like uh there's two of mine that I still think I uh, have have a have a pretty decent chance number one I had uh, Jalen Brown at fifty to one to be the most improved player this year 
I think that if the fifty to one that looks good. I think that if the Celtics uh, uh, continue to to play at this pace, to play at this rate, I think that the A there's going to be some Kyrie MVP buzz. But I think the Celtics are going to have to come away with some kind of hardware. The, the team is going to be looked at. They're going to be in that media spotlight. If Kyrie doesn't lock up the the, the, the MVP, and then there might be a lot of other guys who are who are worthier candidates than him. I still think the Celtics are going to get something in some terms of recognition. And Jalen Brown, uh, you know, coming into this year, playing the way he is, playing those starters minutes, bringing the contributions he's doing, um, it, he might be the kind of guy they look at as the most improved player. So I, I like that one. I love that angle. You know, computers and stats don't decide the winners. Voters do. Human voters do. And uh, there always is a narrative. There's like, this person hasn't won in three years. That's a tragedy. We're going to give them a a leg up on it this year you know mm-hmm. if it's close we're going to give it to them they deserve it or this team is too good to not have x amount of all-stars yeah. they're just these kind of narratives and i i like the jalen brown one if not jalen brown who do you think it would be i i do think porzingis has made a pretty big jump that's he's true porzingis, year, but he's yeah great. porzingis is yeah that, that he might be i'd say he's probably the odds on favorite right now um Miles Turner, he's not getting a lot of love um, uh, na- in the national game schedule and the highlights. But you know, when, he, when he does have a highlight, it's him just dominating somebody and 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 doing Miles Turner man stuff. I mean, he's yeah. a, he's a seven to one. I had him at seven to one, um, and so that's an interesting one. But I think yeah, I'd say the leader in the clubhouse right now is Porzingis. Yeah. Um, the the double the the two years in a row, Giannis most improved player. Yeah, uh, interesting <laughs> one. I think if you give I mean, that award to Giannis, uh, you might maybe we should stop giving the most improved player award if the same guy wins it twice in a row. Like, that would uh, be amazing. That'd be pretty amazing. Um, but uh, I I don't, I don't think Jalen's the leader in the clubhouse. But over the course of the season, if the Celtics stay at the top of the East, I think that this team like. They're just gonna have. I mean, Brad Stevens, Coach of the Year. Neither of us had that one, and uh, and that that's gonna look real nice coming in, especially if the team finishes first with with Hayward out going out in the first five minutes. Of the, the narrative yeah. there is gonna be strong. What about Oladipo? Oladipo, yeah, as, as a Pacers teammate, yeah, absolutely. He might be a guy. Um, yeah, turned around. I'm at, I'm sure. Uh, who's the GM for the uh, the Pacers? Pritchard? Pritchard. I'm sure Pritchard's writing him in for most improved player. Yeah. <laughs> He's got one See, the trade was a win. <laughs> Paul George sucks. Like, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, pretty good trade. George actually. just went out for like 40 or something in the, in the, in the last games. The other one that my bets that I, that I think still has a very strong chance, talking about the three pointers, this is a 40 to 1 payout for two teams will combine to make more than 43 pointers in a game. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. That would be an NBA record uh, if it happens that two teams combining to make forty plus three pointers. That one pays out at forty to one. Um, I mean, Rockets versus who? I think that there's a right. chance. Yeah, it's gonna, I think there's definitely a chance. That's, That's one. Happen. If you lose this year, just bet it again next year. Absolutely, just roll that money. <laughs> I'm right sure the number will go up to like forty one or forty two, but just just keep betting it. Just keep betting it. Just keep betting it. It is going down. That record is getting broken before two thousand twenty. I would say. Like, For sure. I would. I would. I would bet a lot on that. I mean. Uh, that seems like, you know, th- this is, you know, these are the, the these high odds, these 51, 66 to ones were all for teams to have specific NBA records. And this is the year, I think, that three-point records will, will go down. Yeah. Uh, the last one that I, I, I'm doing all right on is Russ leading the league in assist. That was one that I... That was a good call. Yeah, I like your Russ the playmaker. Yeah, he, he's not the greatest playmaker, but he does have the ball in his hands all the time, and he gets to decide... Am I going to score or am I going to get an assist? And so far he's been choosing assists. He's leading or he's tied with John Wall at a 10.2 assist a game. 
That was only two and a half to one, not the greatest odds, but uh, it's looking pretty good so far. It looks very good, yeah. That's a good one, yeah. You take, take that all the way. Um, let's touch quickly on our wins total pool. So this one bears a little bit of explanation uh, if you didn't listen to the initial podcast. Uh, What's wrong with you? This is one that, yeah, what were you doing? Where were you in, in, uh, in August? One of our best. <laughs> um, this is a really fun uh, wins pool. That, uh, I give Matt full credit for coming up with the idea. This is one you could still play along with. Basically, we divided the... Um, the the league into into six branches so basically you have from the eastern conference last year's top four playoff seeds bottom four playoff seeds and all the teams that missed the playoffs those are the three different groups same thing in the west the top four teams the bottom four playoff seeds and all the teams that missed the playoffs yeah matt and i did a snake back and forth draft we're allowed to choose one team from each group that means if I choose the Cleveland Cavaliers, Matt can choose the Celtics, the Wizards, or the Toronto Raptors. Once two teams are chosen, you can't choose any teams in those groups. So there's a lot of hedging going back and forth. A lot like, of strategy. Yeah, which one gives the best marginal return on investment, which team overall. And so uh, to recap our teams quickly, um, I had the first pick and took the Bucks. The idea being that the Bucks were the most marginally better than uh, the Bulls, Hawks, and Pacers, which rounded out their group. And then we went back and forth. I ended up with a team, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Miami Heat from the Eastern Conference, the Houston Rockets, the Denver Nuggets, and the Utah Jazz from the Western Conference. Matt, you had the Boston Celtics, the um, Indiana Pacers, and the Charlotte Hornets from the Eastern Conference, the San Antonio Spurs, Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Timberwolves from the Western Conference. Matt, how are your teams doing so far? Well, Sam went first, and he chose the Milwaukee Bucks, and they were in that bottom four playoffs teams. From the East, yeah. From the East, and there was nothing left. I, I chose, my with my sixth pick, to choose the Pacers, and it was, it was ugly. Right after the Paul George trade. It's old, you know, like, yeah. Like, it's really bad. This is where I'm going to eat it. But, you know, so far they've got six wins. Uh, the well, same as the Bucks. Same as the Bucks. <laughs> yeah. So I think if I can win, if I can... If the Pacers can go about five hundred there, then I might be all right because if they I can got, keep you under under ten wins difference from the Bucks, I think you have a strong chance to to to, to sew it up. Yeah, and then I mean Celtics. I think. Uh, yeah, the Cavs are. That was the big one. The and, number one. That's a huge swing right there. Yeah, the I took the Cavs, and wins. then you have the Celtics and as a number in the Eastern Conference top seeds. So yeah, I got a total of forty-two wins between those two teams. That's you know I have. Exactly, 42 wins for oh, my team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the team keeping me afloat right now is the Houston Rockets uh, with, yeah. with 10 wins. Uh, um, same as your Celtics with, with 11 over there. The Nuggets as my um, my Western Conference team that missed the playoffs with 8 wins already. Your Western Conference team that missed the playoffs is the Timberwolves. Timberwolves, yeah. Pretty similar teams. Uh, pretty similar teams. The Nuggets so far having a little bit of a better start. Um, with the second pick, you took the Oklahoma City Thunder, so that would be from the... That was pretty rough. The bottom half of the Western Conference playoffs, right? As they were yeah. the fifth seed. I took from that group the Utah Jazz, which also not looking very, very great. OKC off to a rough start, probably going to turn that around. Probably going to turn around. I think they're just yeah. figuring each other out. And I think the Cavs will, will, if maybe not totally turn things around, will definitely uh, 
will claw their way back into the playoff picture, I imagine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so some more wins. That'll turn around. Uh, the Heat versus Charlotte is going to be interesting uh, to see which... Uh, I have the Heat, you have Charlotte, to see which team can can kind of uh, can snuff out more wins. It's interesting. We yeah. have some teams in the same spots. I've got the Red Hot Rockets. You've got the Red Hot Celtics. Cavs and Spurs. Both of us have these, uh, these veteran teams. Um, uh, the Heat and Charlotte kind of a wash. The Nuggets and Timberwolves kind of a wash. It might come down to Thunder Jazz this year <laughs> for us to see which team. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little afraid of the Charlotte one. If Batum doesn't come back quick, I think this team. I mean, they've got too many veterans probably to tank. But I, I mm. think this is a team that might trade away some of their players. You know, yeah. not just sit them out, but maybe just look around and say like, we're we're paying max salary to Batum. Mm-hmm. You know what's our future if yeah. if they can get to if they can't get to five hundred then they've I think, lost yeah four in a row and are barely ahead of the Nets at the twelfth spot in the and East man right now. I, I think Kimball Walker and MKG and uh, and Batum I think they they took a shot on these guys but I think that's not a core you can build around and yeah if Charlotte comes to the same conclusion which they might not you know Michael Jordan's mm-hmm. kind of a a little wild card of an owner. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you never, you never know. Yeah, I'd say maybe almost like an absentee owner. Like yeah, I think he yeah, likes yeah. being owner. He sets his team. He's like a lazy player in like yeah. a fantasy draft. He just sets his team and like, all right, well, team will do what it does. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. gonna pick anyone up off the wire. I'm not gonna change anything. Yeah, you look this at the wire team. moves made at the end of the year. He's down at the bottom of that. But yeah, it might be hanging around the middle anyway. Must be a nice job to be the GM for that team. Yeah, this is like, like hey, yeah. Michael, who's our starting center again? Uh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You don't, good... you don't need to bring him any proposal trades. He said, "No, I'll just roll out this team." Have a, yeah, have a good round out there, Mike. Have a good round. Uh, really quick, uh, the last thing uh, I don't want to go over the over unders. We both agreed that it's it's too early to really look at over unders as anything. And Vegas is just so perfect at choosing that so right around. number. Yeah. And there's no one that really surprising. I mean, maybe Dallas. We didn't think they were gonna be that bad, mm. but like. Who are, okay, the Pistons. That's the one surprising Pistons team. Pistons are a surprising team. Uh, Nine think, and three. Yeah, I don't think either of us had very, very strong impressions of what their over-under <laughs> would be. Some of the, the hotter takes, I think we both were really, really hard on the Thunders over at 52 yeah. and a half. Not uh, looking good. It's not looking good. I mean, this is a team... Maybe uh, are we are we operating under is the, the kind of success that the Celtics have had integrating Kyrie and these new players... And the fact that the Rockets have had a great success despite the fact that their new player has not been integrated because he hasn't been playing. Uh, Chris Paul, obviously not. Do have Has that warped our expectations for how fast we should have expected uh, Paul, adding Paul George and Carmelo Anthony to the Thunder team, uh, how quickly they can mesh? I mean, I think it's just warped our... I hope, I hope that it's warped our listeners and the audience at large's perception of Carmelo and realize that what I've been saying since I saw him play in Denver, it's like, wow, this guy is not a good player. Like, he's <laughs> horrible on defense, and he's inefficient in offense. Like, mm-hmm. what, what does he do? And especially if he's negative, like he was in New York, I, I do think he has a role. I just don't think he's elite. Um, yeah. I do hope Paul George stays there. I, I really want to see him and Russ kind of build Long something. Term, yeah. yeah. Because I, I, Paul George, is, he's amazing. He's so he's good. He's a monster, yeah. So good on defense and just... Sp- like silky soft, smooth jumper, just gets, gets to the elbow. Every any any adjective that starts with an S, like <laughs> yeah, super frolic adjective. Like I don't know what I can say about his jumper. It's just it's unbelievable, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I I really hope he stays there because if he leaves, 
and Carmelo opts in. <laughs> that is not a bright. Yeah, then all of a sudden you're, oh, yeah, it's all it's all it's all squirrely. I think that they will get it together. Uh, it's a lot tougher to adjust on the fly in the Western Conference, though. Um, that's a tough one uh, to look at. They're they're four and six over their last ten games. So, um, but I mean, still very very early to look at that. Most of these over unders, nothing, uh, not not too too early to draw any conclusions. As you said, over seventy five percent of the teams between that like seven to five win range. So nothing much shaken out from the standings right now, but never too early to look at some of our bets and uh, definitely something we'll be keeping an eye on as the season goes on, how those different bets might be shaken out. And uh, and if any of them cash out and start to come through early, uh, we'll be the first to let you guys know. Yeah. And uh, we'll be doing some more betting podcasts in the future too. There's always any, uh, there's always lots of uh, opportunities to, to look at different odds or, you know, all-star Appearance odds. There's just yeah. so many, so many ways to gamble your money away. Yeah, so we're only looking at them and uh, trying yeah. to make it as fun as possible. And it's only going to get better from here as we head into the, you know, as we head into the second half of the first half of the season, uh, getting into it, uh, getting uh, geared up for the All Star game, everything like that coming together. Uh, looking at how this, uh, I'm really excited to see how uh, which teams really start to separate themselves and how these rankings kind of start to make a little bit more sense because it's it's early yet. Uh, but there's always some data points, always things you can learn from the early season. Yeah, I've learned that the Warriors are really good. Yeah, it turns out they're really good. Yeah, they're uh, they're actually an excellent basketball team. All right, uh, that that's, does it for us uh, today uh, on Dunkey Very Much. We're coming back to you. Our next episode, we're going to look at some of the most surprising statistics from this young season. Some stats that stand out. The things that jumped out at us when we're scanning box scores or when we're looking at the league leaders in certain areas. So join us again for our next podcast looking at surprising stats from the 2017 season. Until then, that's it for us. This has been Dunkey Very Much. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.